0: Nick Carboni from WCNC joins the show to discuss Terry's best shooting night of the season and LaMelo filling up the stat sheet once again. It's all coming up today on Locked On Hornets. You are Locked On Hornets, your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast.
1: Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a
0: minute, cuz we live. We live. Welcome to Lockdown Hornets. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. So you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple, Spotify, wherever you get them. You get the deal by now. You can follow me on Twitter at Walker Mail. You can follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Branson, L-O-H. And you can follow our guest Nick Carboni, on Twitter at Nick Carboni W-C-N-C. Nick, thanks so much for hopping on with us once again. How are you doing?
1: Absolutely, guys. And just... For quick uh, you know, fan purposes, not a Cubs hat. Not a Cubs hat. Charlotte Hornets baseball hat.
0: Just wanted yeah, to get that out. There. Char- so Charlotte Hornets baseball. I thought you misspoke when you said this no, before sorry. we actually were, started recording. So you actually have a baseball history lesson for us with this hat.
1: <laughs> I know, I, I should I should have come better prepared with the actual history of it, but <laughs> yeah, like fifties and sixties, the minor league ball club in Charlotte was mm. the Charlotte Hornets. Then they came back, Knights, all that stuff. Sure.
0: That's, uh, were they mentioned in Hornet Hornets Burns Nest,
1: back? not just to uh, to uh, specifically the NBA.
0: Okay, so I didn't realize that we had some baseball connections there. Did Ken Burns talk about them in his documentary? <laughs> I okay, don't think really.
1: he dug that deep. It's unfortunate. I don't think he did. Yeah. But there was also a great uh, Negro Leagues team in Charlotte, the Charlotte Black Hornets, who uh, kind of barnstormed around North Carolina. So there's a little bit more history behind the Hornets' name.
0: Come on, Ken, give Carolina more coverage when it comes to your (laughs) baseball documentaries. I feel like we just decredited all of that now. Uh, Thanks for joining us on Lockdown Hornets. Nick Carboni joining us to talk about another win for the Hornets last night against Washington. They win 109 to 103. It's the second time they beat the Wizards. It's only the second time the Wiz have lost at home this season. And we had a couple of breakout stars, LaMelo Ball, Terry Rozier. Speaking of breakout, this was really the time that Terry was able to come back and have his best shooting night, goes eight of 11 from the perimeter. He had not shot the ball well at all this season from distance, which is what he's been known for. It's what he was most lethal at the last couple of years for Charlotte. Finally, we get to see that last night. 32 points total for Terry has a big time three late. Doug's going to join us a little more so in the second segment. He'll pound his chest because basically (laughs) he's going to say that he called Terry coming back again. But if you say he's going to come back every night, then you're bound to hit. It doesn't matter. Doug is still going to pound his chest and say that he got it right. And I guess technically he did. Let's go with LaMelo first before we get to Terry though here, Nick, because you and I were discussing before we were recording just how insane the stat lines have been for LaMelo and even specifically the rebounding good mellow game last night, 28 points, the second leading score for the Hornets last night, 13 rebounds and seven assists. So it's three games in a row. That Melo has posted a double digit rebound outcome. And there's only been two games this season, Nick, where he's posted below five boards in a single contest. He's putting up stats all over the place where he is kind of giving you the Russell Westbrook, James Harden type production, flirting with the triple double every single night. And it's the rebounding that is probably most surprising about that.
1: Yeah, and could he be, you know, more efficient than a Westbrook? Um, you know, with the shooting, uh, something you brought up. But, um, you know, the rebounding was clearly an emphasis for LaMelo coming into this year. Uh, he's going to go after those 50 50 balls. And you saw in the win last night at Washington, you know, I don't think he gets credit for the rebound, but maybe a steal poking the ball loose from Montrez Harrell on that final, basically what would become the, the final play of the game, popping it up in the air and, and Cody Martin coming down with it. But, yeah, I mean it's it's like you look in the third quarter every single night at the box sheet and you're like, oh, he's he's almost there. He's almost there. And the rebounding, I mean, 17 one night, 13 yeah. last night. I mean, he he's increased his average by two or three rebounds per game. So clearly uh he is he's gone out there and and tried to be more aggressive. And and obviously that plays into their their fast break game too, if he can get his hands on it and get it up the floor quickly. Uh, so it's it's great for them it, it's just something that was like you know you, you're you're in love with the scoring you're in love with the flash and the and the kind of dazzle that he puts out there on the floor in the passing but all of a sudden he's becoming an- excellent rebounding art.
0: Well, it's funny because you've seen LaMelo a couple of times. Like It feels like maybe once every other game, but pretty frequently he'll get a rebound and then give you the baseball pass because Miles Bridges or whatever player has leaked already into the backcourt in order to get just an easy transition bucket. And so LaMelo constantly looking up immediately upon touching the basketball. It really does help to your point when LaMelo gets those rebounds. And so we discuss him in the likes of a Russell or a James Harden. James is... entirely different animal just because of the offense that he's been able to just be by himself a little bit different in Brooklyn. Now, I know the foul calls have been changed and that's kind of hurt his game, certainly in the early going. But when we discuss the guys that are over seven in all of those categories, LeBron kind of like that, but LeBron clearly Mm -hmm. a different animal too. LaMelo shooting the ball at 38% from deep has to finish at the rim better it's something he struggled a little bit with coming into the league and now that's kind of shown itself here in the second season I think it will get better he's got the frame for it the floaters are there you just have to see him continue to get stronger hopefully figure out ways to finish better at the basket but the more efficient can we get to a 45% from the field 37 percent from three even if he's at 38 now I don't mind if he even takes a couple of those off just because the volume is so good The the shooting percentage is still good and then he's still flirting with the triple double that 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 is an all pro player right now you know I mean he popularity is already going to help him maybe get into the all-star game this season but once you start to have better shooting percentages inside the three-point arc that's all pro player right now as far as the numbers he's putting up along with other guys in the league
1: yeah. And I mean, he's shooting 90% from, from the stripe. I mean, he's oh, been yeah. <clears throat> been at the free throw line less uh, at a, at a lower rate than he was uh, for the totality of last year. So he's, he's definitely, I mean, he was drafted only like a year and a week ago because they had the draft in November of 2020. And if you fast forwarded to now that night and said like, Oh yeah, he's just got to like tick up his two point finishes, but the three point shots there, the rebounding is sky high. Like, man, you know, we have a special player here and if I don't have any doubt that he can improve those numbers and do the things that you're talking about, uh, because he obviously works hard at, at everything he's doing out on the floor and it's showing and it's showing consistently, um, you know, this guy is not an anomaly. He is, you know, and, and I think it's, it's maybe hard for some Hornets fans to like, and they love him, but like, believe like, okay, like we have we have this guy like we have a star here yeah. and a potential superstar. But, you know, he's he's definitely rounding into form a heck of a lot earlier than than any of us who even thought that he should should have been the pick thought would be possible this early.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's the player you've always wanted. It's it, it's the guy that has top five possibility. You know, that that's that's in his range. It doesn't mean he's going to reach top five, but it's OK to have top 10. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'll take that, too. As a Charlotte Hornet fan, he just fills the box score. And if he does so with nice, efficient numbers, it's really going to be tough to stop what LaMelo can do. Even three steals last night, didn't even mention that part. I mean, we know his anticipation on defense as long as he continues to get better in that category too. He's a special player right now. And the ceiling, I don't even know what it is for him because it's been so fun to watch him play in his young career. All right, we'll save a lot of the Terry stuff for the next segment so Doug can gloat, but we do need to mention Shopify, First, in case you don't know, Shopify is a complete commerce platform that lets you start, grow, and manage a business. The subscription-based software allows anyone to set up an online store and sell their products, Um, and Shopify store owners can also sell in physical locations using Shopify POS, our point-of-sale app, and an accompanying hardware. Shopify gives entrepreneurs the resources once reserved for big business so upstarts, startups, and established businesses alike can sell everywhere, synchronize online and in-person sales, and effortlessly stay informed. Scaling your business is a journey of endless possibility, and Shopify helps you make your entrepreneurial dreams come true. We'll take a quick break and come back to talk about Terry Rogier and his coming out party. Again, let's discuss it next, Locked on Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. If you do go to the game, here's a tip. The numbers on the seats... They have significance. They mean something. So if you're looking for, uh, oh, a wow! 20, if you were looking for seat twenty-one, and you see seat three,
2: go the other way. David David Nark Walker here. Yeah. Hey, pointing them out to security. I paid. I paid for this seat, sir. It's time for more of the
1: Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: Nick, are you happy that your dog, by the way, got a feature in a bump as we keep doing these <laughs> podcasts? Does oh, was I
1: didn't, I didn't notice that. Yeah. He's, yep. he's being quiet over here right now. He's just laying down. But uh, once that delivery person shows up, if there is one, he's going <laughs> to be all over it, guys. So. He,
0: he's going to give us the Mitch Kupchak commentary <laughs> again. Yeah. We've, we've featured. The, we featured Ollie in these bumps that we've had quite a bit, to be honest. It's one of our favorites. Okay. We keep going to him, so that's yeah, we, amazing. Oh yeah, it's fantastic. Well, thank and you we, guys. We're we're gonna have to go back to him for his takes on well, the then, season. You know,
1: there might be an NIL deal in in it for him. I mean, that's right. that's, that's, that's gonna perk his <sighs> floppy ears right up. So.
0: You know, that's that's selfish. If if Ollie <laughs> wants to play hardball, that's fine. You know, I I thought he was doing it for the love of the game, but whatever. You know, if he's gonna ask for tennis balls and kongs and whatever, then I think that just might be a deal breaker. And Dead. we'll talk about Terry Rozier. I mean, Doug, do you want the floor? Like, do you just want to try to pound your chest on this because you said he was going to come out and and have an excellent game, despite you saying that a few times already this year?
2: Well, there were some people on Twitter, so I posted on Twitter from the Lockdown Hornets account wanting to know who uh, everyone has as their Thanksgiving Sixth Man of the Year, and someone wanted to get in the replies and say that I need to apologize for doubting Terry Rozier. I don't know where people got wow, off that okay. I was doubting Terry Rozier. I mean was me? saying... Maybe. I was saying they <laughs> need to stick with Terry Rozier despite the shooting struggles, and I said that it was time to welcome him back because he plays well against the Washington Wizards, and we've been used to second-half Terry Rozier, Nick, but in in last night's game, we got first-half Terry Rozier, 11 points in the first quarter, three of three from three in that first quarter, and he didn't stop hitting three-pointers, eight, including the dagger, we finally, we're finally we finally seeing a Terry Rozier who can hit outside shots, and I hope it continues.
1: Yeah, I mean, Terry Rozier is a prideful enough guy to know that uh, he needed to get his three-point percentage into the 30s, so he decided he would just knock that out in one night <laughs> <laughs> in Washington against a team he knew he could do it against, uh, put it up with 10 or 11 times and, and hit eight of them, including the dagger. So, yeah, I mean, his numbers have been down from, I mean, you look at his just entire career across the board, you thought he would climb back into that eventually. Maybe it was the the ankle that's that slowed him down, certainly at the beginning. And then, you know, Miles Bridges has basically become the, the number two option for the team over the, the first month and a half of the season. Uh, so, you know, maybe not as many chances for Terry to, to break out of that slump. But, you know, he's still somebody that even if he even if he was, you know, one for seven from three last night, you still give it to him in that moment uh, with 20. 15 seconds left and think that he can hit that shot and he did.
0: Yeah, Terry was excellent last night. By far the best shooting night of the season for him because he had struggled so much. You mentioned him just getting into the 30s, decided to do it in one night, but it had been because he had been so bad. Even in his good shooting nights where it was about 50 from the field, it was not because of his production from the perimeter. So thank goodness Terry's able to get going because that that's what makes him the most effective basketball player for the Charlotte Hornets team Absolutely. and it's why yeah and it's yeah. why he got basically close to 25 million a year here's another tr- uh, trend i want to discuss with the hornets too though like we've discussed the hornets being a balanced scoring team mm-hmm. it's really helped them you know like you see mm-hmm. miles bridges not scoring a lot last night six points for miles three of 13 didn't hit any of the three pointers that he took but then terry steps up lamello steps up and even a gordon hayward scored 16 missed quite a bit of shots from the field too we know that the Hornets have been navigating a lot through Terry's struggles this season. Gordon, lately, has not been giving you the 20-point performances that are quiet. In fact, it's been a little less steady than that, so then you have to rely on LaMelo in an Indiana game to get you 30. Miles has been that guy where you know maybe he's even been the first option a lot of the times this season. Yeah. You like and, and even where nothing's going from the bench, You know Kelly will provide you some scoring every once in a while. Didn't really happen last night. Only seven from Kelly in 22 minutes of play. It's nice to see the Hornets can rely on somebody else if one of your other primary scorers just doesn't have it that night
1: yeah I mean and it was surprising Kelly Oubre had seven points last night because he comes off of these unbelievably you know scintillating performances off the bench and he's blowing kisses at the end of the game and then he kind (laughs) of just like quietly uh you know scratches seven points out but yeah I I think that um you know Gordon Hayward has has kind of been up and down obviously in the scoring department does a lot of other things well it's just helped so much that that miles bridges has exploded out of the gate this year. And he's been one of their best and most consistent scorers. He has six points last night and hits a huge hook shot to put him up, put him up nine points. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they're, they're going to need, you know, three or four of these guys to, to just be available to put up points on any given night. Um, Because that's what they need to do. I mean, uh, against some of these teams that they're just not going to out talent, they're going to need to spread it around and be able to have guys consistently provide points and offense.
2: And th- that's just it, Nick. Until this team gets a bona fide sixth man type scorer off the bench, which they really don't have. Okay, ubre has been a little inconsistent and Cody Martin is the guy you bring off the bench for the defensive energy and to knock down a couple of shots and hopefully, you know, make his wide open layups. Uh, yeah, that was,
1: that was
2: rough. E- brutal. <laughs> um, Took but- away some of the good
0: feelings we had yeah. <laughs> when we saw that it, yeah. one. Yeah, yeah.
2: And or LaMelo turns into the kind of score that can literally lift your entire team on his back, you know, single handedly. He's not quite there yet. So in order to take, and they've played a lot of good teams lately. So in order to take down some of these good teams in the East, they've got, they can't just have one sting. They've got to have multiple stings. That's what I'm looking for. Multiple stings. I want the Hornets stanging every night two, three scores that they can rely on. And that's why it's so important for Terry because they need to sting. Well, I think that's
1: ask. James Borrego's fifth pillar. Stanging. stanging yeah
2: <laughs>
0: I you know it would be a little easier to listen to 17 times to be fair to Borrego it, it went away after that first or second year where he said hey we're gonna I, I remember the media luncheon I forget where it was I forget where it oh, was. that was a,
1: a Ruth's Chris is that right I thought yeah, it was yeah, at Ruth's top Chris dollar
0: yeah in yeah. wow. that luncheon he said if we're gonna have a good season Dwayne Bacon is gonna be a big part of it Ended up mm. not happening there. And you he right also said we're going to have to follow the four pillars, right? Yeah. So four pillars for, I think I had about 17 pages of notes with that. To be, be the, hey, wait
2: a minute. Be to be surprised if
1: that team was able to clinch two of the pillars. So that was, well, that was to, a tough to, time.
2: To be fair to Borrego, you were at a Ruth's Chris. So maybe he was just hungry and then just bacon <laughs> fell out of his mouth. He was like, uh, bacon.
0: <laughs> Dwayne, oh yeah. Well, we'll just go with that. Dwayne bacon is going to be a big <laughs> part. Yeah. I mean, listen,
1: that, that was his foundational season. And that's what he was trying to lay down. He's a very obviously process-oriented coach. And here he is in year four. And some of that is being layered layered upon. And and then Miles Bridges is becoming an all-star. So that helps.
0: Yeah, that's fine. Yeah, it's a decent base. And plus, with the Dwayne Bacon stuff, you will hear those takes on this podcast from around that time. I thought Dwayne Bacon was (laughs) going to have to be a big part. And it didn't happen. So either way, we'll focus on the players here right now with the Charlotte Hornets. Real quickly, before we get you out of here, Nick... I do want to talk about just our overall feelings with this team now because it's been a roller coaster type season. But here recently, here they are having won six of their last seven, winning five in a row uh, after you know losing to the Hawks. But me and Doug kind of talked about that yesterday, contemplating whether that was a scheduled loss, losing to a good team on the road, second night of a back-to-back. My question is, here they are, three games above five hundred. It's a decent sample size. It's not great. It's a decent one. are we okay to say like, this is a pretty good team? You know, is is it too soon to say that or or are we for real? Yeah. Are they for real, for real or fraud? Let's go to a good old classic sports radio game. I know you like classic sports radio, Nick.
2: (laughs) Ollie's going to jump into this one. This is good sports (laughs) radio.
0: (laughs) Is this, are they for real or fraud? I think they're for real, but
1: you know, I think the expectation is still to kind of have, you know, ups and downs, you know, lulls where, you know, cause cause the defense has been, been really good you know, for this Hornets team in this run where they've won six of seven. That is something that I don't expect it to be there. 82 nights in a season for this team. I just don't think they're, they're that team. Uh, I think they've played solid defense for them recently. Um, But I don't, you know, I, I just, I see that, having some lulls and then, then obviously the the big man position, unless they yeah. go out and shop that holding them back on certain nights and in certain stretches. But I think they'll, they'll be a team that, you know, I, playing like, I think they're, I think they're past. I think they're better than that. I think they'll, they'll be in above that um, as long as they have these good stretches where they do play good defense and do show up in the clutch, which they're fully capable of doing. But I think there'll be, you know, some stretches where they're just not there.
2: I, I totally agree. I think they're for real in and, and how they're playing now, but if you look at how short the rotation, how, much, how many minutes some of these guards and forwards are playing right now, and I just wonder how sustainable it is yeah. without making some changes uh, to to the roster to get them some rim protection help. Uh, how, how sustainable is this defensive effort that they have to put up uh, night in and night out? Um, before we go, Walker, do we have time for some of these Thanksgiving questions? Cause I'm, I'm really, uh, I, wanna, I wanna get Here Nick's opinion on this. So um, we're doing Thanksgiving six man of the year uh, this, this year. So what we're looking for, Nick, Mm-hmm. Is the the food item on your Thanksgiving table that is underappreciated, but okay. comes off the bench and and really just knocks everyone out. Huge flavor punch off the bench, but maybe is not your traditional, you know, turkey, ham, potatoes what's oh, what's man. that dish on your table oh,
0: yeah it's a tough question because we are looking for something oh. unique you know, mashed potatoes everybody's going to go with that as their side even a mac and oh, cheese course, has become yeah. very popular so what is the unique side dish that comes in as the sixth dish of the year on your thanksgiving oh, table
2: it I doesn't know, it's have tough. to be super unique i'm not looking for like jelly beans or something it doesn't no, no. that's like a 13th well, that's, man that's
0: not even unique that's just yeah. not real like that's a fraud. <laughs>
2: You guys don't have jelly beans? It's a great side. Root beer um, jelly beans? Man, oh, can't wait. I would Mom's say, like, on the
0: table,
1: like, some people love that, like, homemade, fancy cranberry sauce.
0: Mm-hmm. Just give me that okay. jarred
1: cranberry yes. sauce, like, right okay. out of the aluminum yes. can. I know that's like somewhat traditional still. Um, I'm trying, man, I wish I could that's think not of bad. something no, like that. No, like
2: I think, I think that's the, the type of kind
1: of thing, but
2: well, I think that's the type that comes off the bench. That's a little bit of a Cody Martin. That's a defensive okay, presence yeah. off the bench. It's physical. It's big, you know, it's yeah. stocky coming out of that. And when it comes out of the can, it always makes that noise. Like, yeah, like it, yeah. It, yeah. It always, Cody does
0: that. I think that's, and, the, yeah. that's what like, the
2: Every the time more, he checks in.
0: The more it's still shaped like the
1: can, the better, like it's got the lines imprinted on the right. side of it. Like, mm. You know, sauce,
2: forget, hour, forget hourglass. Yeah. I want straight out of the can. <laughs> yeah, I almost I always want to
0: see the, the paper print on the can within the <laughs> yeah. uh, cranberry sauce as yeah. well. You know what you're getting. You know what you're getting from mm. Cody Martin, and you know what you're getting from that store-bought cranberry sauce. Cranberries. Yeah, I, I, mm. I think that's an excellent answer. Okay. So. all right, it, it, Tough give question, them thick yeah. cranberries. <laughs> but I think that was a good answer. So, Kobe by the way, I, like turkey, sauce.
1: turkey could kind of be like a DNP CD for me. Sometimes, wow, like, Nick,
0: no, God. it's okay. Ow. You're like giving like all the stuffing
1: and the mashed potatoes and the gravy, like just right, right into it.
0: I you're, a, trying, you're a thanksgiving
2: you're thanksgiving tibs man you're benching the starters <laughs>
0: why are you doing that you know it's, no if if he was if he was Thibodeau then he'd be playing turkey the entire game without any rest and <laughs> no, no, a practice
1: just dry turkey just no gravy on Ah,
0: oh, yeah you need to put gravy on it too I'm a brown gravy on the turkey kind of guy too just to give it that extra
2: you guys are absolutely are you, I'll, I'll
1: smother it in gravy just yeah. to eat it but nah. It's
2: all right. Are you are you Thanksgiving mixers or fixers? Do you like mm. mixing the food together, or are you just fix your plate just so keeping first all of the plate, food? First plate, first
1: plate, everything has its spot, and then after that, all bets are off. Oh, put it in a bowl if there. you want. Yeah, yeah, I like oh. that.
0: I think for me, <clears throat> I, like I think a scramble. It, it's different. It's different lineups that I go with. So mashed potatoes, turkey, brown gravy, they can all mix together, but I don't want my Mac and cheese touching the brown gravy. So that's got to go to the side. Like I'm not playing. That's almost like a Mason Plumley and Nick Richards. You know, I'm one, you might not be playing them at all, but if you are going to play them, Mason Plumley not going to be playing alongside those guys. You're not going to be playing Mac and cheese next to Brown gravy or anything like that. So I think you have your different lineups that are okay to touch, but other than that, everything needs its separate spot. So awful answer with the turkey nick but also a really good answer with cranberry sauce so i'm glad at least you set a foundation for you to fall rather than just falling immediately mm. upon answering that question okay. we appreciate your time nonetheless let's hear some commentary from ollie next time we want his takes on he the check yeah i don't know whether yeah he was, he was done he was done he was probably disgusted with your turkey take yeah. he wanted to hear it. he wanted to <laughs> he, eat more yeah, turkey he loves turkey always appreciate the time man thanks again thank you guys I do want to discuss real quickly True Bill with everyone. Uh, do you know why free trials renew without your consent? It's a business scam out to get you. Don't let greedy corporations pocket your money. Download Truebill instead to take control of your subscriptions. Truebill is the new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forgot about. On average, people save up to $720 a year. That's ridiculous when they get Truebill. Because companies make subscriptions hard to cancel, Truebill makes it incredibly simple. Just link your accounts and Truebill will cancel your unwanted subscriptions in one tap. And your Truebill concierge is there when you need them to cancel. Unwanted, Subscriptions so you don't have to. Truebill has over two million users and helped save them over one hundred million dollars. That's absolutely ridiculous. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. Go right now, Truebill.com slash locked on NBA. It could save you thousands a year. Truebill.com slash NBA. I also want to discuss rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning? You don't need to do that anymore. Save time and money when using Rock Auto and you can go to Rock Auto because it's a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years and their prices are reliably low for every single customer. Go explore their easy to use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck, right? Locked on in there. How to you hear about us box so they know that we sent you they have an amazing selection they have reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need visit rockauto.com all right we'll get into some of the fun stuff coming up next on the Locked On hornets podcast this is locked on hornets and you have to wonder is there Sorry. time for them to do that now <laughs> no, is, is he is he it's mad at the center, center position i mean it's it's yes yeah god mitch make a trade <laughs>
1: That's just good.
0: That's just good sports talk right there. It's time
2: for more of the Locked On Hornets podcast.
0: Thanks again to Nick Carboni for joining us, and uh, unfortunately, didn't get to hear from his dog Ollie today. But Nick, discussing there, Washington Wizards get the, the Charlotte Hornets get another victory over them. And Doug, here we are trying to speak if they're for real or a fraud. And then you see last night, they're able to hold on to victory, kind of like they did against Indiana. But um, but still some mistakes at the end of the game. And Doug, I know you tweeted this out that you thought there were a few differences in the late game mistakes, but still being able to hold on to that victory. What did you think the differences were in this Washington win compared to that Indiana win?
2: Well, yeah, I think this was a totally different one because number one, Washington is a better team. I don't know if they're top three in the East. Good. I think that might settle out as the Bucks and the Hawks and the Celtics try to get it together. Uh, I, I don't know if Washington's going to stay up uh, up above. Uh, I think they maybe dropped to fourth now with with that loss. Um, but this is a good Washington team, and they play really well at home. And so, the and and it wasn't a weird situation where Carlisle, you know, head coach of the Pacers, drops all of his starters out. And you don't scout for that. You don't you don't you don't expect a, a coach to do that. And so, I think it, that made it difficult on the Hornets against Indiana. But I just thought the overall efforts. in at the end of that game was there, a couple of shots didn't fall. Cody, you know, unfortunately missed that layup, but they still did manage to hit uh, some shots and made some big plays. I mean, it was uh, Gordon Hayward, wide open three, knocking it down. Uh, then uh, Mello had the and one. We didn't mention that. He finally took it to the rim. I'm like yeah. waiting for Mello. Like, why does he keep pulling up for these floaters? Number one, the floater isn't all the way locked in. And that's part of the reason why his two point percentage is down. Uh, and and not where it needs to be is because these floaters are not going in very consistently. And I'm just wondering like, why isn't he taking it all the way to the rim? Part of me sort of is scared for him to take it to the rim. Cause I don't want like an MKG situation where he's just throwing his body all around and getting injured all of the time. But at the same time, there are some moments in the game where you need to put your head down and get a bucket. And I thought he recognized that got the and one and that put him up one Oh two 96. And then of course next came the, the dagger shot, by Terry Rozier, uh, all around great effort. I thought in the, in the fourth quarter and they did make some mistakes, but, but I thought it was way different than Indiana where they were just, they were just holding on for dear life and (laughs) feel like that.
0: Right. Right. And, And here are the Charlotte Hornets, you know, able to get back to 11 and eight. And there's something to be said, for making some mistakes at the end of these games but still finding a way to win where look maybe it is just because you're playing Washington and you're playing Indiana and you don't think those teams are good enough and legit enough to you know for for that to happen against some of the better teams but James Brego talked about it after the game about their maturation about how they've grown up that last year really in that exact same scenario a close game against Washington they weren't able to take care of business you know they had Russell Westbrook and I believe that was the time where Russell actually was good russ towards the second Mm -hmm. half of the season. First half, Russ was god-awful last year. Second half, everybody was praising him, and then we were changing the narrative on him, but... That was one of the times the Hornets played them, and they just flat-out lost. That hurt their playoff positioning. Here, a little bit different, different roster, but also maybe even a better one overall, right? Because of the trade package that you send Russ out for. And here you are just having players develop in different star roles. So not only are they just growing, getting older in the NBA, but they're growing within their new role like a Miles Bridges has, like a LaMelo Ball has. And that's really nice to see in something we've talked about pretty frequently.
2: And the defense is just so interesting because they have to play small uh, or at least they're choosing to play small uh, a lot of this game, uh, but, but props to Nick Richards, who I think had nine minutes, seven points, three or four, three rebounds, just some good production in the limited time that he was on the floor. Uh, but they're playing small a lot, which means they're fronting some of these bigger players. M- Montrez Harrell eight in this game. I-, I didn't see what Gafford ended up with, but it wasn't eight for eight. this was more of a Montrez Harrell type of game. Uh, But they're having to expend a lot of energy there. But at the same time, they're countering that with being super aggressive on the ball. At one point in this game, uh, well, I mean, all seven or seven of the eight big rotation players all had one steal apiece. And then several players ball, I think, ended with three steals. Rozier had a couple of steals. Martin had a couple of steals. But I mean, to have seven, eight players with a steal. I mm-hmm. mean that's that's really going to help, especially when you're a team that thr- thrives more offensively in the transition game than in the half court game. Uh, it's a weird way to play defense, but they're <laughs> making it work. Sp- sprinkling some junk defense in there, they're getting it done, and we're just you know. I'm going to be praying at the Thanksgiving table that we get PJ Washington back as soon as possible.
0: Yeah. Like there, there might be some actual legitimate family problems. And the first prayer is going to be, hopefully the Hornets consistently can play defense (laughs) the rest of the year. That's what we're going to lead off with.
2: Smidge irreverent, but yeah,
0: a hundred percent. All right. Let's go to the sixth dish of the year, Doug. How do you want to do this? Because I know we had some answers from Twitter. I know you have your nominees. I have mine. How do you want to do this?
2: Well, let's, uh, I'll get to some of the listeners here in a moment, but let's talk about our sixth man of the year, Thanksgiving edition. Uh, You know, I've always talked about sweet potato casserole. It's one of my favorite dishes, but this year, uh, it's just spent so many years coming off the bench and giving us great production that I felt, you know, sometimes teams feel like a guy has been so good that they owe it to the guy to to give them a starting position and, and really have them anchor the team. So this year I'm elevating sweet potato casserole Into the starting lineup. And this year's sixth man of the year on my Thanksgiving table is going to be corn, cornbread. And I'm going to get the. I like
0: that. It's a good one. I'm going to
2: get the noise here.
0: Come on. Give me the fanfare right now. I need it. Fanfare. Doug, come on. Fanfare. Thank you.
2: All right. Corn, cornbread, my sixth man of the year. If you've never had this, it's the cornbread with the little chunks of corn inside. It's a sweet cornbread, which. You know, I know it's divisive in a lot of households. I get it. I like a dry cornbread, but on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. I'm all about sweet, salty, mixing it up. You know, I like the popcorn with the uh, the the sour patch kids. I'm all about <laughs> yeah. that mixture. So corn, cornbread, my sixth man of the year.
0: Okay. So I've got a couple of nominees and I, I don't know if I'm going a little bit too basic. So I've got a couple of different options for you. One that is very unique to our household, but also one that is a staple, but maybe people forget about, maybe it's just that 12th seed. Everybody picks to go far in the tournament. So I'm a little scared, mm-hmm. but wow, that, we're
2: really, that, we're really, we're really mixing our, uh, <laughs> mixing yeah. our sports radio segments. Here. Yeah, we, we
0: really are that, that, that is the, I'll go with that option first. I just feel like green bean casserole is so damn solid and it's almost the Lou Williams of Thanksgiving where, you know, he's going to come in and give you production. I think most people like green bean casserole and most people think about it on Thanksgiving, but nobody's going to put it in your top four, maybe even your top five. I think the meat is going to come first whether you have ham whether you have turkey that's certainly going to be in your top five then i think the mashed potatoes we've talked about the mac and cheese i just think you're getting to other options before you get to the green bean casserole that's probably right there outside everybody talks about it being underrated but nobody's going to put it in their lineup what do you think doug is green bean casserole a decent option
2: uh green bean casserole for me is a food that I get that a lot of people like but mm-hmm. I totally don't understand it. I'm trying to think I think the analogy on this year's Hornets team would be Nick Richards. Like I'm I'm feel like I'm taking <laughs> no. crazy pills. I see no, all of these not
0: Nick Richards.
2: What but I'm just saying like it's it's that situation where I don't understand why people are lavishing praise on the green bean casserole because it look to me it looks disgusting. And and looks I it's I think so should matter somewhat on the Thanksgiving spread. I wanna I eat with my eyes. Unfortunately, I mean mm-hmm. I just I want things to look good, look neat. And uh, I think green bean casserole comes down to the Thanksgiving table and some sweatpants. And, and you know I shouldn't judge. I've been wearing sweatpants for the past two years, but
0: probably with just, chicken wing stains on them.
2: Well, you, of course, I mean, mm. six, six pack of wings, I uh, could be a six man of the year on my table. Honestly, we don't really do it, but I would the Thanksgiving I would, table. And the, I'd totally be down for some giving yeah, wings.
0: That's right. If you just showed up with a bucket of wings to the Thanksgiving day table, when everybody comes together and, and joins around the table, I think that'd be a good option. My other option that I was going to put out there. Well, I don't know if anybody else does this and I don't even have a good enough description for it, but we just flat out eat some noodles on Thanksgiving and they're really good. And I don't know what sauces go into them, but they're just really good plain noodles. And for me at the household, so which zero I sauces,
2: eat, you're just doing plain I, noodles.
0: I don't know. Well, no, like there's something in them. Like, I don't know what, how they're cooked, but they're so good. And I just never ask questions. I really just eat, watch football. And that's pretty much what I do on Thanksgiving. But the noodles are so good, man. And so that's what it would be for me. Six man of the year.
2: That's a new one. I really yeah. haven't heard of people just doing some straight nudes on Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but you're doing it. I mean, are you yeah, Italian? Doing Do you have Italian? The is, is there some Italian right. background in your family? Is that mm-hmm. why no. nudes show up? No. Nope. No,
0: no, I don't think. Nope, so, uh, just,
2: some, just some straight Anglican nudes. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I shouldn't have mentioned that. That was a mistake. All right, Doug, what are some of the options that Twitter sent into us as the sixth dish of the year?
2: I got to start with my man Danny on the chat uh, at Daniel Tapp on oh, Twitter saying canned Tapp. canned cranberry. So he he has not listened hey, to this episode yet. He has not listened to this episode yet. So he'll be surprised or he'll, he'll like that uh, Nick Carboni agrees with him. He says, sure, it's processed and it retains the shape of its container. Uh, some would say that's great, Danny. Um, mm-hmm. But Danny says, but the residue gets mixed in with other items on the plate and may low-key enhance some of them. So wow. some some secret canned cranberry <laughs> sauce some cranberries uh, Cody on Twitter says, uh, congrats, Doug Branson, LOH on getting Terry's groove back. You're welcome. Of also sweet potato casserole comes in clutch and unappreciated dish. I agree, but it's so appreciated in my household. Now I've spread the love so much that I've elevated it to starter level. And this can be, I'm not declaring that corn cornbread should be the that America's six man. Actually, you know what I am. I'm, I'm right about this. Uh, what are we doing then?
0: Be, we, we are declaring these options that they should be in every household as the sixth dish of the year.
2: You're right. You're right. Uh, I take it back. Uh, just like I took back my um, my doubting of Terry mm-hmm. Rosier just in time. Uh, Tyler says you got to go with gravy, just an unsung hero of Thanksgiving that makes every other food better instantly. Basically, the Lou Williams of of Thanksgiving. Whoa! Foods. Uh, these people are ahead of the times, man. Like everybody is saying the same thing we are. But gravy is uh, that's such a great uh, six sixth man of the year because it really does come in. You can put it on anything. You can put it in any lineup. It's in and, and any team, you know, Lou Williams has played for 37 teams and there aren't even that many teams in the NBA
0: that, that's and, true.
2: and it comes in and it always scores 20 points. So I like think, gravy never scores under 20 points. See, I don't know. I think
0: gravy is just your quintessential 100% glue guy. I think he's in the starting lineup because he's the thing that meshes everything together and you can plug him in any different lineup. You're right about that. I don't know if you need 20 from him. He can give you 20, but he also plays great defense. Straight glue guy is brown gravy, white gravy, whatever kind of gravy you want to go with.
2: Now, glue guy is mashed potatoes. It's literally food glue. Like you can put it in stuff to hold stuff together. I, you know, put it in a little sandwich to make sure that some of the, the other items that you have in the sandwich stay in the little dinner roll. If you want to, it's a, it's a literal glue food. I think a glued, I think mashed mashed potatoes has has
0: a little bit higher ceiling though, than the glue guy gravy. I think that's kind of a staple where he, maybe there's some situational fits for mashed potatoes. I think brown gravy is more so the glue guy.
2: Well, uh, I got to read Brayson here on Twitter because, um, he I mean, I have to because he agrees with you. Green bean casserole, Excellent. his sixth man of the year. Thanks to everybody for the tweets. If we get any more on this, uh, I will read them uh, tomorrow. So go to at Hornets. Let us know who your sixth man of the year on your Thanksgiving table is. It should be corn cornbread um, because that should be America's sixth man of the year <laughs> this year. Uh, and, and Walker, we got a big show coming up yeah, tomorrow. Yeah, we do.
0: We sure do. We sure are do. we We're ready bad.
2: to, should we say it? Should we, I, I feel like we got to tease it now. We got to tease you're, it now you're so the we producer. can get to
0: listen. You're the producer. You are the authority figure within the Lockdown Podcast Network. You let me know if we should tease it. Should we go ahead and reveal it, or are we going to keep this a secret again?
2: I'll reveal it right now, and I'll yeah. just say, I don't know. We got this guy. He's so busy right now. <laughs> I just don't know. We managed to snag him, but we did. He's been a friend of this show for a long time. Eric Collins Mm. joining us on Wednesday's show and uh, we'll get his Thanksgiving six man of the year. Too. I was
0: going to say, I want his opinion on Thanksgiving dishes more so than anybody. And I want to see him talk about it emphatically. So tune in tomorrow oh, to possibly catch Eric Collins discuss Thanksgiving in a way that he calls Hornets games. Thanks for making Lockdown Hornets your first listen every single day. We have Eric Collins joining us tomorrow. Hopefully you will as well. Make sure you check out our YouTube channel too. It's on YouTube, just straight up Lockdown Hornets. Pretty simple. Make your second listen, on Fantasy Basketball. Josh Lloyd hosts the number one daily fantasy basketball show on the entire planet. It's free and it's available on all platforms. We'll see you tomorrow with Eric Collins on the Lockdown Hornets podcast.